welcome to the Hell Project podcast. This is where I share all of the results of the research and reading that I've done on the doctrine of hell over the last few years. Uh, I defend the view that uh, without Jesus, we are all dead. Uh, This is the view called conditionalism, and I believe there's better news in it than the traditional understanding of hell. And I try to defend that here. The audio quality may not be that high as it's taken off my YouTube channel and unfortunately some of the streams do have technical glitches but I hope that you stick with it and uh, do let me know what you think, share, uh, get involved through Twitter or even comment on my YouTube channel. I look forward to hearing back from you. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another video of The Hell Project. This video is going to be talking about two words, Sheol and Hades, but also their connection with one of the most common passages cited around the discussion of hell, which is Luke 16, verses 19 to 31. Now, if you don't know the story, I will be looking at it in more detail in another video, but it's basically the story of two men who die. We have a rich man who goes to torment in Hades or hell depending on your translation and then you have a poor man who ends up in Abraham's bosom also understood to be paradise. Why is Luke 16 so important? Well it is used as a key part of the defense for the traditional view of hell. If you're not sure what I mean by the traditional view do look at my two-part video on what is eternal conscious torment and let's look into what those who hold this view really say about Luke 16. We have Christopher Morgan who writes, in Luke 16, 19 to 31, Jesus depicts hell as a place where justice prevails, consists of suffering, torment, and agony, and as a place of fire. Jesus graphically illustrates that this future punishment is final, inescapable separation and exclusion from heaven. J.I. Packer writes, in his teaching on neighbor love, Jesus envisages a hard-hearted rich man describing his after-death state as agony in this fire. Later on, J.R. Packer writes, As to the theory of annihilation, the idea that the fiery destruction that unbelievers will undergo ultimately will end in their non-existence, that's pretty much what I hold conditional immortality, this idea has to be read into the texts. It cannot be read out of them since the fire is a picture not of destruction, but of ongoing pain, as Luke 16, 24 makes unambiguously clear. Sinclair B. Ferguson says, Hell, though prepared for the devil and his angels, is shared by real human beings, and he lists off a whole load of different people from the Bible, and includes the rich man is there, citing Luke 16, 19-31. So that's why Luke 16 is important. Traditionists say that this is a picture of hell, this is a picture of judgment, this is a picture of where unbelievers will go, they will face torment and agony. What is interesting to highlight is some of those quotes, they've just cited the entire passage, the entire story, and assumed that you, the reader, would understand that this passage is talking about hell. They've assumed that you would hold their position without necessarily digging into it, which I find, unfortunately, a little underhanded and not best represents, doesn't best represent the, the scriptures. And one key reason is for the location of this story. Now, let's look at where some of the confusion has come from. We'll look at the words and then we'll look at what the location really is from a biblical perspective. So in verse 22 of Luke 16, we see 
this. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried Lazarus to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. That's the NIV translation. The King James uh, version says this. It came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. Well, what do you notice? Hell, Hades. Where is this location and what are these two words and why are they different? Well, the King James Version, for whatever reason, translated four different words into the word hell. We have Sheol, Hades, Gehenna and Tartarus have all been translated hell by the King James Version. Now, most modern versions will only use hell when talking about Gehenna and maybe Tartarus. But Sheol and Hades now are generally referenced in your Bible uh, using the original words. Now, before you think I'm all for retranslating the Bible, I'm not a Greek scholar, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I rely heavily on the scholars who have translated the Bibles. I will be discussing words eventually, but for now, it's mainly going to be down to the scholars. And if you want to see all my references, go to thehellproject.online and look at it there. I've also put a video about translations and why there are so many English translations, what are the thoughts behind each translation in terms of whether it's word for word or is it just getting the meaning across. Um, you look at that video, he does a good job. There's three interesting things to note about the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. We have the rich man was buried and is in Hades. We have to understand what Hades is in comparison to hell in a moment. In Hades, the rich man is able to talk to Abraham. That is important. And the rich man asks for Lazarus to be sent back to the living uh, where his brothers are so that they can repent and be saved from the torment that he is in. Now, the orthodox or most represented view or generally seen as the correct view of judgment is that everyone dies, everyone will be resurrected, and then everyone will face judgment. And they'll either be judged and go to heaven or judged and go to hell. That is generally how things are thought to be from the biblical account. Now, what is interesting about Lazarus uh, and the rich man is that the rich man's brothers are still alive. And that is quite an important break from the traditionally held view of judgment and resurrection. Uh, but that's generally looked over by those who hold a traditional view, which I find fascinating uh, and quite concerning that they don't highlight this when they talk about hell. But what is Hades? Now, anyone who's read about Odysseus or knows anything about Greek mythology understands that to be the Greek underworld. And the word literally means the unseen place or the place that is not seen. And it's probably why hell was used to translate it, because hell means to conceal or to cover up. So it might be that hell was a good word to use for Hades. But we now think of hell to mean torment, fire, flame, which isn't necessarily what Hades was. And so we have this confusion. We need to work out what 
the biblical picture of Hades was. Hades is translated in the Septuagint, which if you're not sure about how translations have happened, the Septuagint is the oldest Greek translation of the Old Testament. It was translated 130 odd years uh, from when Jesus was born. So it's old and they translated Old Testament words into Greek and they translated the word Sheol into Hades. And we can then look through the Old Testament and see what the understanding of Sheol was. So there's a, a lot of imagery around Sheol. It comes from the Psalms, which are poems. It comes from uh, dialogue in Job and dialogue in Genesis. Uh, we have lots of different pictures of what Sheol might be. But the overarching theme is that it's connected with death and it's connected with burial. And that's burial of all people, the righteous and the unrighteous. So there's a lot of imagery around Sheol. And Psalms 139 verse 8 says God is there. Although Psalms 88 verse 5 says those in Sheol are cut off from God. There's many who argue that hell is separation from God. And they might well argue that from Luke 16, as one of the authors did that I quoted. But it's not that clear from what Hades is, and uh, from what the Bible says about Sheol. And Sheol is a place of silence rather than praise, and it may be that those in Sheol have no memory of God. Now, interestingly, in the story of Lazarus and the rich man, they are able to talk across a chasm, which isn't a picture of Sheol from the Old Testament. So there is some discord here between Luke 16 and the understanding of Sheol. And it might be that Jesus has a point in doing that. We're going to look at that in more detail in the next video. You can go to Sheol in peace or in sorrow, but the general understanding is that everyone goes to Sheol. Those in Sheol may or may not have a body of some sort, depending on how you read Luke 16 and how you compare that to Psalms 49, 14. Sheol could be figurative for depression or anguish uh, or being close to death. There was a general understanding, though, that if you were in Sheol, you wouldn't return unless God was involved. And Hosea, the prophet, uh, did start promising that there was some sort of defeat of death, or at least the taunt that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 15 about death no longer having a sting. After looking at Sheol in the Old Testament and then looking at Hades in the New Testament, you start to see some connections. And it's really important because it shows the New Testament understanding of Hades was very closely connected to the Old Testament understanding of Sheol. For example, in Luke 10:15, we see that Capernaum will not be raised up, it will be brought down to Hades. And this is a direct link to Isaiah 14 when talking about the destruction of Babylon. Acts 2:27 talks about Jesus and not facing the corruption of death. Uh, and this directly quotes Psalm 16, verse 10. And this is also used again in verse 31. The best bit of the New Testament with regards to Hades, from, in my opinion, is Revelation 20, verse 14. Now, what this highlights is death and Hades, which has been emptied of all the dead from verse 13, being thrown into a lake of fire. And John calls this the second death. Now, it's widely regarded because of Revelation 21.4, which talks about the end of death, that this is the sign that death is ultimately destroyed. And it makes sense of the Old Testament understanding of death being an end. 
And so we see here that death and Hades are ultimately defeated and they're emptied of their dead. Now, what's interesting is the definition of death or the second death might shift slightly from a traditional perspective when they start looking at verse 15, which says that those not in the book of life will also be thrown into the lake of fire. That is for another video. We will delve into Revelation in future videos as well. So what does this do for our theology? Well, it might start making you think about what the body and soul is, where we go when we die, what does that mean for resurrection, and that's all well and good. For this project, I'm focusing on what happens after the resurrection, so to do with hell. There, I personally think there's an intermediate state. We die and we will be resurrected. Uh, I think that makes the most sense of the word resurrection. But I am actually on the fence because there's verses like uh, the thief on the cross and you've got Ecclesiastes that talks about the spirit returning to God. There's these interesting discussions happening that I'm watching. So I'll put some resources on my website and in the description where if you want to go into that rabbit hole of theology, you're more than welcome to explore it. What I want to highlight in this video is what I believe scripture is clear on. And that is one, God is immortal and humans are not. Two, those in Christ will gain eternal life and they will be with God in the new creation. Death and Sheol are destroyed completely in the lake of fire and will not be a part of the new creation. And those who trust in Jesus have the hope of resurrection from death. Whether that involves a spirit returning to heaven while we wait for the ultimate resurrection to be reunited with the body, or we are in an intermediate state waiting to be resurrected, that can be discussed in other forums. It really doesn't bother me either way. As for Lazarus and the rich man, well, the first thing I want to make clear is that if anyone quotes Luke 16, 19-31 and just leaves it at that, warning flags should be raised. It's a complex passage. There's some really interesting things that we can pull out from it. Jesus was using it to give a clear message to those who were listening. There is some really important theology from the parable. But what I don't think it is talking about is the state of the unbeliever when they die or after they are judged. I think it's a story that has far more interesting impact uh, for those of us who follow Jesus. So I want to leave it there. The next video I'm going to be talking about is going to be Luke 16 and in reference to Gehenna. Um, and I'm a little bit unclear of how that's going to go at the moment. So watch this space. There will be some videos coming out in the next couple of weeks. One video I want to highlight as well is with a discussion I'm going to be having with J.D. Martin, who runs the J.D. Martin Theology Discussion Corner um, or channel. Um, and I'll be having I'll be trying out a live stream with that. So it might not work. It's my first live stream. It might be a little bit glitchy. But I'm going to try it out and hopefully we'll have a good chat. He is a traditionalist. He holds to the view of eternal conscious torment. And I obviously hold to conditional immortality. So we're going to discuss the scriptures in a non-debate format and just have a nice chat that you can watch on YouTube. So that's on the 6th of September. I'm in the UK, so that's going to be midnight UK time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Seaboard Time, whatever that is, it's over there. And it's a different time zone for me. So 
watch that uh, look out for that it's already on my live stream you can set a reminder and this is the hell project this is where i defend the view that without jesus we are all dead thanks for watching i'll see you soon Thank you for listening and I want to know what you think do get in touch as I said at the beginning of this podcast you can do that through uh, Twitter or my YouTube channel but I also have the scripts and free resources and other studies that I'm continuing to engage with at uh, thehellproject.online thank you so much for listening if you'd like to support the channel and uh, the show in any way please do go into the description of this episode and you can find a paypal link otherwise i do this all for free and i hope you found it helpful god bless you see you later